Welcome back to In Celebration of BMI, a four-part podcast mini-series commemorating the 25th anniversary of the BMI Group. From its early days to its current status as a market leader, the BMI Group has played a significant role in shaping Gibraltar's property market. In this episode, we see more and more property developments shake up Gibraltar's market. We also see prices rise further and see the emergence of an upper high-end market segment. So generally speaking, Gibraltar's property market was booming. Prices were doing well. It was good. Then there was a global credit crunch. How did that play out in Gibraltar? Yeah, that, that was 2008. Um, and when you say the property market was booming, yes. I mean, I always, even, even, again, my cautious self hate to use the word booming because, you know, with, with boom, you have bust. And we haven't really, and I think 2008 was a good example there, we haven't really seen a bust as such since 89, 90, um, where the economy was very different, as I said before. And again, that was an interest rate-led recession. There are similarities with what we're seeing now, but actually Gibraltar is a very different Gibraltar to what it was in 89, 90. Um, by the time we got to 2007, uh, the market was peaking dramatically. We were doing well. There was, if you like, that use of the word boom. And um, the credit crunch happened. Um, that was a massive concern um, across the board in all respects. It did actually lead to interest rates being slashed dramatically, which, lo and behold, really ended up being a big positive for Gibraltar's property market generally. But economically, it was uncertain as to how that negative or negativity around the world was going to impact Gibraltar. We would see and could see that most property markets um, in other areas around Europe, UK, States, etc., were slashed and pretty much killed. Remember the days of Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, which are the big mortgage lenders in the States, and the impact that had and the fall that had on the property market. So it was a cautious eye in terms of what was going to happen. And, and very quickly we realised, and I say quickly, within pretty much 12 months we realised that there was a dip in the market. Um, in so far as property prices were concerned, probably a 10% maximum dip. But very shortly after that, we recovered very quickly. And I, I recall because at the time we were very much involved in Key 27, which was successful in selling, etc., but got caught up a little bit, as did the Ocean Village developments. And generally, there wasn't very much by way of people losing value in their property. There was a slowdown in the market. Uh, we'd been through a, a, an incredible eight years, nine years, if you like, and it was only normal for the market to adjust. But what was surprising was the resilience of the economy. The GDP continued to grow. And I think the property value dip that we saw wasn't necessarily driven by a worldwide recession and certainly wasn't by a recession in, the, in Gibraltar because there wasn't a recession in Gibraltar. It was driven by an element of oversupply. Uh, we saw Ocean Village coming in, we saw Kings Wharf, and there was a little bit of oversupply. And I think the negativity in the world and the psychology, if you like, and confidence added with the slight oversupply saw that dip. But it was very quickly recovered. So by 2010, um, we were pretty much back up to levels that we'd reached, and it continued, which was, again, great. It continued at a, uh, at a sensible pace, probably growth of 5 to 6 7% per annum. By that stage, we were seeing rates per square metre, if I'm not mistaken, of up to £4,500 a square metre, um, reaching 5, which is very high, very, very high at the time. But still, generally, on average, we were at 3000 
900, 4,000 pounds a square meter. And again, you know, these, those classic conversations that we were having all the time since 2000. When is the market going to fall? When is there going to be that bust? And there was that, um, even from my perspective, of, you know, because we'd, we'd been through so much previously, and, and I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember these bad times, that you, you do wonder, how is it going to carry on? Uh, you know, as a Gibraltarian myself, speaking to many other Gibraltarians, you know, is this sustainable? Can it carry on? And I think at that stage, we very quickly realized that as an economy, and I'm not an economist, but as an economy, um, you know, who are we competing with? Who are we? And we saw very quickly that whereas the rest of the world had, had faltered uh, with that recession, Gibraltar hadn't. And therefore, you start to think, well, actually, we're a very different economy um, to, to most others. And we are a financial services jurisdiction. So should we be looking at other jurisdictions which are similar. And you start to look at Monaco, you start to look at Singapore, you start to look at London as London itself. And just as an example, you know, we've always at the time, I think uh, we may have been at three, 4,000 a square metre and uh, Monaco at the time was something like 15,000, 16,000 pounds a square metre. Not to say that we would compare ourselves to those jurisdictions, but the margin of growth between where we were and where they were was so wide that you could actually see that potentially we may not see a bust or a downturn because there was still so much potential growth Gibraltar had as long as it continued with its financial services, e-gaming roots and story. So that almost led us to believe actually that there was more to come uh, potentially and, and that they were, you know, that managed properly, it would come and it would carry on. We sometimes underestimate the value of Gibraltar, its language, English speaking, regulation from that perspective, its legal system, um, its location, climate, etc. All these things are what people, high value clients tend to look for. Not just high value clients, but people just looking to, to, to move to a place where they can be comfortable, they can be safe, their money can be safe, their business is safe, it's regulated, the legal systems uh, are in place for them to be safe in. And we sometimes underestimate and, and forget that we've got that. And I think that's probably one of the key elements that makes Gibraltar successful. And I think that period of time underpinned that even further. Um, and I think we saw that moving on, you know, over, over the next couple of years into 2013, 14, 15, etc. And there were some, some fabulous stories at the time, um, again, underpinning what I said before of, of people's new love or love for Gibraltar who weren't Gibraltarian and one, one classic story I tell a lot of my clients of how Gibraltar's progressed was without mentioning names was a, a client of mine who came in at the very beginning with Ladbrokes actually as uh, an MD who was only going to meant to be here in Gibraltar for three or four years and with his family they relocated to Gibraltar uh, two young kids and um after two and a half years, um, his head office in the UK said, you're coming back to the UK. And um, he announced that to his wife that evening. And she said, well, um, you can go back to the UK, but I'm staying here. He resigned a week later and set up a gaming company very shortly after that, which only four or five years ago, he sold for an enormous amount of money, but he still remains in Gibraltar and is still a, a big fan of Gibraltar. And I think that was that period, if you like, 2000 and six, 
seven, eight, nine, and ten, where we really saw um, Gibraltar coming, I think, into its, its its glory of actually this is a, a place that can really do well and continue to attract some high value clients with some great stories like like the one I've just mentioned. Yeah, that's funny for all that to happen when the global recession is going on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is what I'm saying. We 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 went through a little bit of a negative patch of concern, but actually because that happened, it made people realize the resilience of Gibraltar and how different it was as an economy to most other areas and that we should be looking at other jurisdictions as comparables. And people have looked at Jersey, for example, and I think there is a comparable to Jersey, but Jersey is really mainly driven by tourism and financial services. Gibraltar, we're quite lucky in that we've got tourism, financial services, e-gaming, shipping, uh, now the crypto DLT sector and other sectors, insurance. So there's there are a lot of pillars of the economy that, that support us. So there's that widespread, uh, and not to say that we're never going to falter because there's always concern. But in that period of time where there was that disbelief of how long and how, how can it continue at this pace, uh, you now realise actually why it did continue and all the positives that we had around Gibraltar. Yeah. There's a lot there about Gibraltar and kind of how that supported the property market, sales, everything that was going on. As a business, how did you navigate even the short period of uncertainty? You mentioned 12 months. How was that for BMI? Yeah, we battened down the hatches a little bit. Again, we've always been very cautious. Um, I've always wanted to make sure that we, I think we've got very low staff turnover generally. Uh, We've got people who've been with us for 25 years, people who've been with us for 14 years. I think at the time it was very much, um, look, we've had a good period. Uh, let's batten down the hatches to, to a degree. Let's assimilate the market. Let's see what's going on. We've never really been chest beating in, in, if you like, sort of pumping up a market that isn't there. So we would actually advise. I remember advising clients of ours at the time in, in the rental market, which, which, which crashed a little bit at the time, in saying, look, as opposed to having void periods of people not renting, let's just take the beatings to a degree, bring down the price, get a tenant in there and just ride the wave for as long as it, it goes. It happened to only go on for about 12 months to 18 months. But those are the guidance notes, if you like, that we gave to our clients. We accepted that there was going to be a slowdown in volumes of sales. In fact, a very similar period to what we're going through, to a degree to what we're going through now, where actually I'm now telling clients of my look, um, you know, we've been through an amazing period the market has to adjust, the market has to settle. It's unsustainable for things to carry on at the pace that they were going. And that was the case uh, in 2008 when we hit that, that period. So yeah, that's really how we dealt with it. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we looked after our staff as best as we could. But we managed that. And very fortunately, very luckily, uh, we, we then saw by 2011 that things were going to actually carry on doing well. The interest rates at the time was slashed dramatically. They continue to be slashed, obviously, thereafter. And that was a positive for the property market. It became far better to invest your money in property than to have it in a bank. And that obviously underpinned the market further, not to mention the fact that the economy was growing at a pace where at the time was worth already probably 1.2 billion. Uh, So we'd seen it go from 300 million in 96, 97 to close to a billion um, by the time we got there. And then, you know, lo and behold, to where we are now, God, you know, that's just a different story uh, in itself, yeah. 
So that's it for part three. Next, uncertainty remains over the property market as Gibraltar navigates its political future after the fallout of Brexit.